The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend, indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day.
or two about her. Ain't that the <laughs> truth, my brother? Welcome, everybody, to another edition yeah. of the Riffs and Rants podcast featuring myself, Johnny Teflon. And I am Michael Sean Lee. And we've got such a treat for you tonight. I'm going to say possibly. Well, I've got to have a little fun. Yeah, oh, we're a lot of fun. <laughs> possibly, I don't know, the best non-topical show that we've ever done. <laughs> And show you how unusual the start of this particular show is. This is common ground for me and uh, me and Johnny T. Yep, yep. Uh, we are mutual in our uh, respect for this particular Kiss song, Strutter. Favorite song by the band for both Johnny T and me, and that just doesn't happen very often. Not it's very that often kind at of all. Common ground, man. Yeah, especially with a, an archetype group like Kiss. Seriously. And as you were starting to say, you know. Guess what, folks? We got three, not one, not two, three vintage Kiss gems tonight. And there's a good reason for it, too, but we're going to get to that in a little bit. Yes, we will. Yes. <laughs> but uh, just uh, for the uninitiated, that was Strutter mm -hmm. uh, from their 1974 self-titled debut album, uh, widely considered uh, one of Kiss's best songs. Which is interesting considering it was from their very first album. Not too many bands do that. Mm -hmm. But uh, to give you an idea of how seminal this particular song is, it subsequently appeared on 16 different Kiss album releases. Wow. After their debut album. And, uh, and yeah, it, uh, it's actually one of the rare songs where Paul and Gene actually wrote the song together. Mm -hmm. You know, more often than not, you know, they work separately. Paul wrote his songs, Gene wrote his songs. Right. But they, uh, they work together on this one. And. Look at the results. Bingo. Magic time. Seriously. But first... But first... Before we get into that, <laughs> we've, got, uh, we've got a little bashing to do, a little filleting to do here, Oh, we do. Thy comeuppance, thy nectar is so sweet. Oh, served up like a big, fat softball. Now, if, if I've said this once, at least on this show, I've said this a thousand times, um, there are things that that rankle me. Yeah. There are things that I have certain pet peeves about. Indeed. And there are things that I flat out detest. Here we go. Hypocrisy. Oh. Being really chief among them. Kind of right? top three, I top, believe. Easily top yeah. three. Yeah. Although, although shopping carts where they don't belong is number two. Undoubtedly. Hands down. Undoubtedly. But um, yeah, yeah, hypocrisy, this... Johnny hates it, doesn't buy it. So good, bad, or the ugly, what you hear from me, at least 9.5 out of 10 times, mm -hmm. is how I really feel about something. Yeah. And I could say the same for you, Michael. We don't put on airs mm, here. No, we usually don't hold back. And I got to say, this puts the fullest shit meter in the red completely. Yes. yes. <laughs> Who the fuck are these people? Well, here we go. Heavens to Murgatroyd. There's a little show that's been on the USA Network for some time now. Quote, unquote, reality TV. Reality yeah. TV, right? Like as if reality wasn't shitty enough. Nice. Um, and chiefly, it revolves around the Chrisley family. Boy lovers. Uh, Patriarch Todd. What the hell are you talking about? I am not gay. Mama Bear, uh, Julie, I think her name is. Oh, yeah, something like that. You got the, the grandma with the flappy hoagie arms, like a flying squirrel. You want to push her off a cliff. You've got two... The Osmond kids. Yeah. The, well, it, yeah. Am, am a, I actually saying this? Take and, a and, fucking baseball bat to all of them. Well, I'm know? actually going to say in 2022, 
creepier than the Osmond they kids. They are way creepier. And I watched that shit in the 70s when they had their Osmond show. <laughs> and that was some creepy shit. That, indeed it was. But I'm just saying, the, the two kids whose names escape me, and trust me, folks, you don't even need to know their no, names. No, no, the names would just give you You got shows. the entitled daughter who, like, look, at, at 2 a.m. On, on a slow bar night, of course, we're throwing ourselves at her. No doubt. Um, like AOC, basically. But <laughs> then you got the son who, like his father, really questionable sexuality, just uh, amounts to nothing. Yeah. And then you got the little boy, which is the only one that I actually feel bad for in his family because this kid doesn't know what's going on. He's doing yep. what he's told. He's got yep. marching orders. Pretty much. But anyway, the story or the main topic today revolves around the tragic fall of the Chrisley Kingdom due to, and do we have an exact uh, number amount they, they, of the they indictments? Hit, they hit, yeah. <laughs> they hit every single possible. They hit the IRS yeah. jackpot. Yeah. <laughs> As oh far as shit God. you shouldn't do, and you done got caught. Oh, yeah, here we go. Bank fraud, wire fraud, tax evasion, oh, yes. conspiracy. Or in layman's terms, um, conspiring to defraud banks out of more than $30 million in fraudulent personal loans, conspiring to defraud the IRS, and tax evasion. Yeah. Where's the real pretty shit now, man? And this one took out the accountant, too. He went down with him. And it's bad. When they grab your accountant, too... You know, yeah. a famous line by Buford T. Justice in, in Smoking the Bandit, when he says to his son, Junior, when you raid the cat house, you take the piano player, too. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what happened here. Shit, got, next, week, next week, they're going to get the grandmother as like a pimp or some yeah, shit. It's going to happen. Got, it, they got convicted on all counts. Yes. On all counts. Now, usually when shit like this happens, the Fed will bring, you know, every conceivable possible you know, charge they can hit you with in the hopes of getting one or two. Right. They got them on all of them. Oh, yeah. Every fucking one. Low-hanging fruit. And now that we've got our initial uh, salvo of, of vitriol out of the way, yes. let me explain to the good folks at home all right. why I can't stand these pieces of <laughs> shit. Okay? Like it's, it's, like, it's, like it's really hard to understand. Hey, but hey. anyway. So again, um, they made their money at, at some point, and they got some kind of notoriety. I believe it was from uh, furniture sales. Something okay? like that. Yeah, real estate or some shit. Yeah. But basically, the show has been originally based out of Atlanta, and they were figures on the social scene in Atlanta. Yeah. But really, since the inception of the show, behind the scenes, they've been facing these indictments. They've been yeah. fighting bankruptcy during the course of the filming of the show, because it's been on almost 13 years now. Yeah, it's crazy. Which is mind-boggling. Yeah, and it's really funny, too, because prior to you bringing them up as a potential topic, mm -hmm. I'd never heard of these fucking right, people. Right, right. I don't watch this shit. I don't. Oh, they are, you people! You know, and, and this shit's been stewing in my pot for 10 years at least. Oh, yeah. Because I'm like, how are these people allowed to exist? And how is a company like USA Network, a direct subsidiary of NBC Universal? Yep. Propping this up and having the gall to call the show Chrisley Knows Best. Yeah. And then to do a spin-off with these two privileged brat ass kids uh. that are straight up worse than anything that ever popped out of a Kardashian vagina. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it the way it is. No debate. And now it's gonna be a case of what happens now? What happens to the show? What happens to this little mini empire oh, that they yeah. have? Yeah. And you kind of know just the way things are. They're going to spin off into some shit, maybe with these kids now, of like, well, now what do we do? The sitcom, you know. Yeah, really. Mom and Dad are doing 20 right. years. What do we do? But it's all the little things. We're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus on all the little things along the way, folks, that said, 
you're an asshole. This is a shit show on wheels. I gotta say, you know, when you originally brought this up and I started looking into it, it was like, wow, this has everything. Yeah. You know, this has, you know, often mentioned, you know, frauds, bank fraud, wire <laughs> fraud, uh, conspiracy fraud, tax evasion fraud. Yep. But, you know, just to throw it in, we had a sex tape, we had blackmail, yes. we had some kind of shady... That is one big pile of shit. Same sex... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, affair with Todd and right and some his disgruntled business partner yeah for many years that came out employee and look I mean this had of, everything it had all and then you know the kitchen sink right and, and wow. part of the quote unquote allure for the Todd Chrisley character is yeah. people find a, an effeminate Southern man entertaining heavens to Murgatroyd yeah for whatever reasons okay yeah. Look, we, 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 we watched a show with Honey Boo Poo and her train wreck of a, of a trailer park mother. Yeah. So this should not surprise me. But he is always the first one to say, be like, girl, I like women lady parts. I got these two kids. I'm just a fancy man who knows what he likes. Meanwhile, okay, Ooh. he's biting the pillow with his business partner, which in and of itself, look, I, I ain't casting any stones here. Yeah. But again, it's the hypocrisy. Well, you put it in the context of them, you know, and their Bible references yes. and pray for us and all this other bullshit. Would you please pass the jelly? And it's like, I mean, according to what I read, the, the, the fraudulent activity started way back in 2007. Way back. You know, so these folks have been doing it for a while. Yep. And I got to say, you know, considering... They duped banks out of loans to the tune, like you said, of what, $30 million? Yeah. yeah. How the fuck did they fall for this shit? Right. You know? I mean, old lady Julie, mm. whatever the fuck her name is, was like literally cutting and pasting yeah. like documents together with scissors and glue and somehow bilking these banks mm-hmm. to the tune of millions of dollars. So now you're looking at the network saying, oh, how did you assholes not know this? NBC no Universal, which is commonly known as a more liberal network. Yeah. But the truth is the truth, and bad press is bad press. So how the hell did they not see this shitstorm coming? Because they just lost a franchise. Well, it's kind of curious that like immediately prior to uh, the court case and the resulting convictions... Uh, USA Network announced, I think it was back in March, you know, a renewal of this series plus mm-hmm. the renewal of the little, you know, the brats. brats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a, plus a brand new series coming apparently oh my with God. Todd giving like dating device, uh, something about a limo or some shit, and <laughs> and then the guilty verdicts came down, and now all of a sudden the network is strangely silent right. about the future of the Crisleys. And I tell you what, the, the, for me, the straw that broke the camera's back a couple years ago was when he had a court case going against his estranged daughter from a previous marriage. Right. And that all went down. And then somehow in the next season of Christy Knows Best, he now has his half-black granddaughter on the show yeah. to play the little precocious Tyler, uh, 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 toddler, Jesus. a la raven Simone in the, the, the final act of the Cosby show. Right, okay? right. And I'm looking at this, I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> this is, I mean, look... No family is perfect, but you don't go after your own. Feed on their carcass yeah. to get their offspring on your show for a couple extra demographic points. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, wasn't the, the <laughs> sex tape the the eldest daughter? And apparently... Then there was that. They the came pa- and went the awfully The patriarch quickly. plus the son were threatening to blackmail yep, her with yep. that. It's like, where do you find these fucking people? I don't even you know. know? I, just, I just don't even know. And, I mean, does this not follow the pattern of another bullshit reality TV star like... 
you know, coming under indictment for like yep. being completely full of shit. And we could and have easily way too far. Yeah, know? we could have easily went down that road, folks, and just kind of slathered up and went after reality TV shows, which really have no semblance of reality whatsoever. None. And you're much better served just cracking open a book and learning something. I know who the fuck <laughs> watches this shit. <laughs> You know, but let's not judge because sometimes you know people aren't watching TV as much as having something just going in the oh, background. No. Let's judge. Let's definitely judge. <laughs> One point eight million fucking people watch this fucking garbage every week. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you people? What do you mean, you people? What do you mean, you people? Huh? Jesus. We can only hope that they only made enough money to cover their their lawyers' fees and yeah, court sure. costs oh, and did not get any of it in their pocket. Please, God, please. Seriously. So they're looking at up to 20 years now. Sentencing has not been passed, yeah. but with all the indictments, lock, stock, and barrel, I mean, there's no debate. Guilty. They could conceivably... Guilty. Be facing the, the, the real term, 20 yeah. years from Mama and Papa Crisley. Federal prison. Which, at the end of the day, he wins because he's going to have a whole lot of what he's really always wanted. No. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Guilty. So, yeah, it just... Oh, <laughs> my God. And, I mean, yeah, it, it just kills me, this this genre, you know, that they call reality television. Is anything you know, but? I, again, I knew nothing about these idiots until you brought it up earlier this week yep. and started looking into it. And this is like some kind of weird, perverted... Offshoot of Father Knows Best and and Leave It to Beaver. Yeah, where apparently they you know they act like they have a normal family yep. and they they uh, judgments on their kids' problems and then mom makes sarcastic comments or some mm -hmm. silly shit like this. But yeah, I still can't understand who watches this shit. These kids. I think one of them, one of them's name is Savannah. Yeah, I think the other one's name is Chase or some Chase. shit like this. Yeah, they're just like contemptible. <laughs> it's like why? And I think the I older mean, daughter, you know, because she has a connection to actual fashion and distributors and merchandise, and she's she kind of probably knows what's going on. Yeah. The son, however, is bought into it lock, stock, and sinker. Yeah, the sinker. little shit that right. he is. Yeah. Born on third base, pretends he hits the triple. Yeah. And yep. that's why all these episodes where they do good deeds, like working with Habitat for Humanity and doing yeah. things with the church, Bullshit. just incited me so much because Bullshit. the hypocrisy is off the charts. Oh, it's ridiculous. But we, here's the short road that led us to this. I mean, we started with Ozzy Osbourne. The and original his model show. for this. And that was a good show, actually. You because know, it had, was the whole fish out of water element. Oh, yeah. You get to see these people that you know is one thing turn into something else. Well, you had a real celebrity in right. Ozzy Osbourne, not one of these pseudo not a created idiots one. Right. like these fuckers. And you had Sharon Osbourne, mm -hmm. who is a force to be reckoned with. Yes, she you is. Know, in entertainment and whatnot. And yeah, everything after that is this bullshit, lightweight yep. diet. Well, then we had uh, Gene Simmons, speaking of kids, Family with Jewels. The family that's Jewels, right. Yes, right? Yes. Another watered down Father Knows Best thing. Then we had the Duck Dynasty clan, Ooh. you know, because, of course, the right has to throw in their own version of this. Yeah, and, and didn't we have, like, kitty porn shit going on with... Uh, well, that was Honey Boo Boo and her mom yeah, or whatever the fuck their the, thing is. Yeah. But really, all of them. I mean, you can run down the list. Little People, Big World, My 600-Pound Life, Teenage and Pregnant. Yeah, that, that MTV thing? Right. God, how fucking offensive is that? And I look at it this way, you know, and yes, I, I know I'm just uptight and I, I try and find perfection in a world that is sorely lacking, <laughs> but I, it's like when people say to me, John, don't you ever go camping? My reaction is almost the same as with these reality shows. Yeah. I work very hard to maintain a certain, you know, yeah. lifestyle yep. and good, bad, or indifferent. 
I do that because I don't want to live a shit show life, okay? Yeah. Or I don't want to live without a roof over my head yeah. and drive some, some, some hoochie, broken down, black smoke blowing bus around town. Yeah. So no, I have no interest in quote unquote reality TV. No, which is, it's just so stupid because this is the furthest from reality. It's totally staged. Right. And like going back to, you know, the Aussie show, I forget what it was about the Osbournes at home or some mm-hmm. shit like that. That was fascinating. Right. Because you had Ozzy Osbourne and then you had Sharon Osbourne. And who, it was people that we had known in, in a celebrity sense for years, yeah. for decades. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, this is how they live. Yeah. It was a novel concept. It was funny and they were funny people right. and it was, yeah, it was very kind of interesting but mm-hmm. these fucking idiots, this this is a, like a contrived reality. Yes, there you, you know, go. It's like a, you know, stick a camera in your neighbor's fucking living room I don't want to know. I don't care. Yeah. You know, there's nothing about these people that I give a shit about. Right. Nothing. And you nailed the best possible word to put on this thing, which is contrived. Yeah. The, 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 the breaks to the commercials and everything. I mean, every, what, 30-minute episode or some shit, or if it's an hour, it, it's like 20 minutes of footage. It's all staged. And then fluff and commercials. Yeah. yeah. You know? It's like, again, I wonder... Who watches this shit? Right. Why is this fascinating to you? Right. And why do I want to watch these ass clowns every episode with a new Land Rover or Mercedes or something? Yeah. And I'm out here, blessed though I may be, still humping it every friggin' day to get what I got. <laughs> and then after the fact, you find out that this so-called lifestyle, right? this this reality is like bullshit. Right. It's all fraud. It's all like bank fraud. And they're living off their episode checks coming from NBC Universal. Meanwhile, they're only in government millions. Yeah, and it seems to me <laughs> that uh, I read somewhere in doing research on these morons that they, you know, declared bankruptcy and walked away oh, from yeah. $20 million, yep. you know, in fraudulent loans from banks. You know, this isn't reality TV and, you know, don't mean to insult anybody, but if you're actually wasting your time watching this shit, you really should take a good long look in the mirror. You yeah. really should. And I'm going to go as far as to say, for those of you, this is, this is bold, we've never done this before. Oh, okay. Uh, for those of you who enjoy uh, Chrisley Knows Best or whatever <laughs> the name of the spinoff show is with the kids, yeah. you can stop listening to us, okay? I'm going to draw the line right there. Because never the twain shall meet. And Michael's <laughs> making faces right now like, Johnny, no, are you sure all. you want to burn this no, bridge? No, not at all. This just reminds me of something Nirvana did <laughs> when they first blew up and they first got popular. And, I, and I'm reading Dave Grohl's storyteller book right now, mm-hmm. which is why it's fresh in my mind. But like, they were freaked out when Nevermind you know, initially blew up. And suddenly all these jock fucking morons right, were coming right. to see them. These are the same guys that used to beat them up in high school yep. because they called them fags and freaks and all this other shit. And it's like, I think Kurt put in the liner notes of In Utero, like, if you're of this ilk, uh-huh. don't come to our shows, don't buy our albums, we don't want you. Right, well, good, you know? then we're on the same, we're on the same page with I that, understand then. completely, I do. I hate to see y'all go, but if you gots to go, there's the door. Don't let it hit you in the ass on the way out, people. And on that note, I think it's time for another uplifting <laughs> kiss gem. <laughs> Let's do it. And believe me, folks, the best is yet to come today. Yeah, we're having a little fun today. We are. And I got to say, it was really, really difficult today, you know, the humongous Kiss catalog to break it down to just three songs. It was. That was brutal. The only thing that saved us is that we each had, like, our top three already in our heads. Yep. Otherwise, we'd still be listening to Gems trying to pick one. (laughs) Clearly. But I, I think we, uh, I think we did well. I think oh, I'm our, happy with our, our choices. Were good. I am. So 
You want to introduce this one, or you well, want me to? Sure, but you're the one that's got all the uh, the billboard knowledge, if you all will. Right, I'll fill it in afterwards. But uh, I was originally going to go um, as the middle gem with one of my Kiss favorites, Black Diamond. Because Which was not a bad call. Right, because it's probably the most difficult piece of music they ever did. Yeah, <laughs> so I was like, let's hand them some legitimacy. But then I'm thinking to myself, no, man, just, <laughs> just no, okay? So then I thought to myself... That's not Kiss, goddammit. Right. That's not Kiss. I thought to myself, and we'll, we'll get much more into this in the second segment, but to me, what, what is Kiss about? What do they signify? Yep. And there was a song of theirs that always rang true to me in my early years. <laughs> it's if Maggie May had a B-side <laughs> sung by people that actually have sex. It would have been sure no something. And there we go. And that was my choice. So I tell you what, gang, let's play this one for you. Enjoy the shit out of it. And we'll be back in a couple minutes with some more things and stuff.
Jenny, yeah. I got to say, that was a good call. And that I, and I tell you, call. like I was starting to say, I mean, many people, uh, young men, let's say, yep. at a certain stage in life will listen to Maggie May uh, at the time and enjoy it for obvious reasons. And yep. then, you know, in later days, think back whimsically. And Something I, like that. There's a word yeah, in there. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Um, but for me, for my money, the, the grown-up <laughs> big boy version of that was this song. Because, again, it, it, it speaks... Um, it, it speaks to uh, an event in the guy's past I with think, an older woman. Yeah, I think it was definitely one of one of Kiss's better songwriting efforts. A lot more doubt. introspective and, and storytelling than a lot of their stuff. Because, yeah. you know, from my point of view, musically aside, I, I tend to lambast them for their lyrics because um, they're really kind of cookie cutter. <laughs> really are. Yeah. I mean, it worked. I'm going to say it didn't work. And hey, look, success is, is the best revenge. 100 million. What do I know later, about it? Yeah, right. You know? But yeah, that was uh, Sure Know Something from their 1979 album, Dynasty. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is considered... By the way, Snippet, first yeah. album I ever owned. Really? Yes. Nice. True story. Christmas. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, it is one of the two disco-themed rock hits... Yes, it is. Uh, ...that Kiss had. The other one being, of course, I Was Made for Loving You. Yep. Made and, specifically uh, for the disco set. Yeah. Yeah. And this was a Paul song. Yep. This was a Paul Stanley tune. And you know, it's funny. I was just thinking about this. Um... Just about everybody from our age group mm -hmm. has a Kiss story of some kind. Yes, they do. Know? <laughs> and I feel bad that, you know, young people, younger people... You know, morons. <laughs> ...than us didn't experience this. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> Thick weed. <laughs> okay. That comment brought to you by rum. <laughs> Making pirates happy since the 1700s. Indeed, indeed. Go on, sir. But yeah, you know, um, to me, Kiss was a 1970s band. Totally. Yeah. You know, and they divided households. I mean, I don't know how it was <laughs> in your house, but in my house, Kiss albums for Bowden. Yep. Don't even bother asking to go see the show. Not going to happen. To yep. the extent that I actually had the privilege to see Kiss's first show back in makeup, mm -hmm. you know, after they had... Uh, They'd stopped doing the makeup back in 83. And in I believe it was 1996, um, they did uh, a show out in Southern California for a radio station, KROQ, mm -hmm. uh, who did these summertime shows. They called them Weenie Roasts. And they'd have like six, seven, eight, ten bands, whatever. Okay. And somehow, this was after Kiss made their legendary appearance at the Grammy Awards mm -hmm. when Tupac Shakur introduced them. And they came walking out and just lit people up. I mean, give you an idea of the kind of juice that Kiss had. Right. And they did this, they did this show um, as a warm-up, and uh, it was just an incredible experience. And I felt like, I really felt like calling my parents, you know, 30-year-old mm -hmm. adult now, mind you, <laughs> calling See? my parents and saying, guess where I am? <laughs> I really wanted to do that, you know? And it's, it's funny, you touched on something, because they were such a part of 70s pop culture. Oh, God, yeah. You know, here, here's my example of, of what Kiss meant to me as a kid. You know, there was a company called Mego that would make these... All right, look, they're dolls, but we would call them action <laughs> figures. And they had contracts with Marvel, with DC, yep, the old yep, superheroes, yep, yep. Oh, yeah. as well as Happy Days, Wizard of Oz, any big marketable product that had characters... This company, Mego, which fell under and it since has been brought back and is sold exclusively at Target, believe okay. it or not, all right. would uh, make all these popular uh, Fred Sanford and Son, Mork, you know, yeah. and Kiss. 
Kiss was the only rock band ever featured. Wow. Because they were so easily translatable to young kids, especially boys, as kind of like superheroes in their oh, own yeah. right. Oh, okay. dude, I remember going through department stores of that era, you know, the 1970s. Um, we had Mammoth Mart, I believe was the, okay. the, the one okay. we had locally. And, you know, we'd go in and mom would go to do her thing and I would dash to the record section. Clearly. Yeah. And just pan <laughs> through the albums. And this is another experience that, like, unfortunately kids these days don't have where you'd look at these album covers yeah. and you'd dream. You'd yeah. just dream like, oh, my God. Well, really, just the brick-and-mortar department stores that oh, sold yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah, they're missing out. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember, you know, holding in my hands a copy of the original Kiss Alive album uh -huh. and just looking at this concert photo and, like, you know, Ace is bent backwards in a 90-degree angle, <laughs> wailing away on his Les Paul. Yep. Paul is standing over him. Gene's blowing a fucking ball of fire. Yep. And it was just like, oh, my God. And I totally, you know? I, I'm down with you with that, because me would look at the, the artistic album covers. Yeah. Like them on Destroyer. Yeah. Over the rubble with the giant platform shoes with the teeth dancing around. I mean, I'm looking at this, and again, I'm thinking, these guys are superheroes, yep. you know? Yep. Without even a concept of what their first albums were even about, yeah. I'm looking at this like, this is a thing. I see images of these four guys all over the place. Yep. I want to be a part of this. Oh, hell yeah. The Kiss Army. Yes. You know, that was, yeah, that was a big or, thing. Or, God forbid, you thought it stood for Knights in Satan's Service. Because <laughs> then you're like, what do I do now? Well, that's another <laughs> thing that I don't think happens anymore, is you don't have these bands that come along that are subversive. Right. You know, and divide households. Yep. You know, like I said, you know, in my house growing up, it was like, no Kiss albums. Sure. Don't even ask to go see Kiss. Are you kidding me? And growing up in such a conservative house that I did, yes. I think the only reason to this day that my father, of all people, would go out and, and, and buy his son a Kiss album, because Dynasty was, I think it had the four um, illustrations of their faces on it, yeah. and just the simple words, Dynasty. Yeah. But he probably took one look at that, and he's like, oh. Johnny loves superheroes. This makes sense, you know. <laughs> without even thinking of, you know, because yeah. back then there was no explicit lyric tags or any of that yep. nonsense, no warning, right? Or, yeah. And then, ironically, the next year, almost the same <laughs> album cover, <laughs> I, I asked for um, the game by Queen. Okay. And really, with uh, without the makeup, it's like the same damn album cover, you yeah. know. Yeah. It's like, all yeah. right, I see a trend here. Yeah. And again, it's like nobody back then equated Queen with gay. Why would they? Who it's the would? 70s. Yeah, I know. I mean, look, Kiss had their 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 mainstream debut on national TV on the Paul Lynn yeah, Halloween, Halloween special. special. Yes, right? I remember that fondly. Friday, a Halloween special starring Paul Lynn. I'm turning myself on. And his special guests, Tim Conway, Florence Henderson, Donnie and Marie Osmond, Pinky Tuscadero, and the incredible Kiss. All on the Paul Lynn Halloween special. And every kid tuned in. Every man. kid was watching that and talking about yep. it the next day in school. Yep. You know? And of course, the reason why we're talking about this is uh, Gene just announced yep. apparently that Kiss is retiring. Yeah. They're calling it a day. Yep. And, uh, you know, more power to them. You know, they, they came, they saw, yep. they kicked fucking ass. They and sold it, 100 million albums. Sure. I know? mean, and, and in his own words, he says, you know, have enough self-respect to know when to leave with dignity because you love the fans, end quote. Yeah. However, in a later interview, like possibly even as soon as that day, mm. 
Uh, he said this might only, it alluded to the fact that this might only apply to playing live. Right. Okay. Right. But realistically, either way, they're in their 70s. The day is done. Thank you for every single aspect of what you did. You were so yeah. far ahead of your time. Because we even discussed that, you know, th- there were other character-based rock outfits before that. Oh, of course. And there was yeah. others that dabbled in the costumes and whatnot. But they nailed it with such simplicity. These guys were the masters. Eric. Yes. They were the masters. They, and- did, they dumbed it down. I hate to put it in those terms, but they, they dumbed it down, had amazing costumes, had great, easy to sing along with songs. Yeah. We're not talking complicated compositions here at all, and we're no. not even talking anything ninth grade level lyric wise. Yeah, seriously. Seriously. <laughs> but they, they made it work and they own the shit out of it. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, if we just, you know, sat down and listed off all the Kiss songs that we knew just off the top of our heads, yep. that list would be far longer than right. any other band's list. And I know? remember David Lee Roth saying uh, one of his best compliments of the Van Halen catalog was, you know, these are the songs that you hear blasting through the Burger King drive through and yep. you know all the words, too, yep, on a Friday exactly. afternoon. Oh, God, yeah. The exact same thing can be said for Kiss. Yeah. And it's ironic because Gene Simmons was the one who discovered Van Halen. I know, I they know. got yeah. their demo tape. So, it's, yeah. again, you got that lineage going on there. The, the thing that we love about rock music, where it's, you know, this leads to this. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's, it's sad that they're not going to put out any more stuff, but I agree with Gene's initial assessment. You know, don't insult yourself or your fans. Yeah. When it's time to go, go. Yeah. And go out on top, because there'll never be another band like Kiss. No. Never. No, they, they are in a class by themselves. They defined whatever category they currently are in. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they had just this... Outsized impact on everything, you know. Yep. I have a like, what is it? Seven degrees of of Kevin Bacon yes, connection. Yes. Yes. These guys believe it or not. <laughs> um, back. And I told uh, them to wait for this, folks, so I could hear it yeah. first time live on air. This was this was back in uh, the 1990s when my band was trying to do their first full length album. Okay. And uh, and we were looking for good producers to work with, and believe it or not, we stumbled across this dude named Bob Kulik. Okay. Um, we brought in and we did a uh, we did a five song EP with Bob producing. Bob is of course the brother of Bruce Kulick, who was Kiss's lead guitar player for a period of time. Gotcha. And we got to you know sit down with Bob and get some get some Kiss related stories, and it was uh, it was one of those experiences, one of many experiences I had in L.A. Uh, you know working in and around the entertainment industry that kind of demystified and put into human terms, you know, the whole stardom thing and the mm-hmm. whole, you know, uh, rock myth thing. And it was, it was a very interesting experience to work with this guy. And uh, rumor has it, I don't know how true it is, but rumor has it that there were a lot of uh, instances where Ace Freely was eh, a little bit too drunk, a little bit too stoned uh, to record you know, with Gene, Paul, and Peter, mm-hmm. and that in a pinch, they would call Bob to come down. And Bob was a phenomenal guitar player. I mean, he really was. And, uh, you know, dude had the stories. He had the fucking right, stories. Right. And uh, and it was just kind of interesting to be in that close of proximity to right. that universe. Yeah, that much closer know? to the king. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was kind of, kind of crazy. Kind and of really, cool. over the years, you, you touched on something very important. I mean, especially through the... The, the hair metal wars of the 80s and 90s, I mean, Kiss would come along and somehow always, well, step in shit due to their pedigree of great guitar 
players and drummers. Yeah. To replace the, I guess, difficult to deal with, you know, Ace Freelies and, yeah. and Peter Chris's one yeah. after the other. Ironically, they each got shorter and shorter each time. Yeah, no doubt, no <laughs> doubt. But they still like were able to meld with the group, pump out good music, and uh, you're right. I mean, it, 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 it's it's funny how you relate these things together. And I was even, as we were talking, coming up with this weird theory of mine. Yeah. Because I'm good at weird theories. All right. But, you know, following rock and roll as closely as you and I have, we all know that that myth of the, the Christ-like blonde lead singer yep. thing. Starting yep. with, with um, Led Zeppelin's Robert Plant. Of course. Going on to uh, the guy that did um, Black Oak, Arkansas, who turned into David Lee Roth yep. via, via a lot of copying. Yep, yep. But along Leslie the way... West? Was it Leslie West? I think it was, yeah. yeah. But even like Vince Neil and oh, yeah. Brett Michaels, so on and so forth, all these... Right, these these Christ like blonde, you know, thing. Yeah. But Paul Stanley uh, Paul Stanley went against the grain on that. He was like the Jew from New York, <laughs> you know? And I <laughs> no said doubt. to you, uh, with a surprising result for you, I said, Well, you know, in so many ways, Kiss was one thousand percent Hollywood and the marketing and yeah. and the stage presence and the dolls and all those other shit. But yet I always got a distinct New York feeling. When I would listen to that. Oh, God, yeah. Which, being from Jersey, totally appealed to me. You oh, know? yeah. Well, their early, early version of Kiss, the, the 1970s Kiss, mm-hmm. you know, they had so much of a connection to the New York Dolls. Right. Um, you know, in addition, of course, to what Alice Cooper was doing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But there was definitely this, this distinct New York feel to them. Yes. What was going on in New York at that time with, with music in general mm-hmm. and rock specifically. And uh, and yeah, they were the embodiment of it. Right. And uh, we were talking about this. They were on what was the Mike Douglas show? I think or? it was Mike Douglas. Was it Mike yeah. Douglas? Yeah. yeah. It was Mike Douglas, Merv Griffin, one of those fucking silly they're, shows. They're the same guy. Yeah. yeah pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> and uh, you know, Gene was doing his thing, and uh, totally, you know, just fucking with the uh, the studio audience. Mm-hmm. Um, after their appearance, he came to sit down on the couch, you know, to have a discussion with. You know, and people these days don't know how those talk shows work back in the day. But you'd have multiple celebrities on the couch. Sure, you know? sure. And you'd bring somebody over to sit down and have a conversation. And the conversations themselves are just like today, very controlled. Oh yeah. Oh, this is what I'm gonna totally. say. This is what you say back. Yep. Yeah, very much so. But I think Gene went off script and he was fully in character and declared himself evil incarnate. Yep. Old Biddy, you know, actress, you know, Hollywood legend, blah, 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 said something along the lines of, oh, I'll bet you're just a nice Jewish boy from Long Island, <laughs> which was pretty much exactly <laughs> what Gene was. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> My favorite kiss anecdote was them on the cover of their album, Dressed to Kill. Yeah. Dressed in suits at the corner of like 42nd and something. Yep. Yep. And I forget if it was either Peter Chris or Paul Stanley was the only one that owned a suit. <laughs> so the other three guys... Farther from the producer of the album. Oh, no kidding. That's why the suits are so ill-fitting. Right, right, right. Yeah. But I'm just like, I mean, shit, that musician, they, they can't afford a suit back then. And yeah. I mean, everybody needs to have a, a, a funeral suit, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, again, it shows they paid their dues as a rock band. Yes, they did. You know? yes, they they did. were one of, if not, I think, the first signing to the legendary Casablanca Records. You are correct, sir. Um, which was a disco label. Yeah, Donna Summer was on Casablanca. Yep. And, uh, and yeah, the label nearly went broke, you know, during Kiss's first two or three albums. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was a true story of, of rock and roll where they persevered. And, you know, the first Kiss Live album, Kiss Live, blew up. Save the day for everybody on the label. Save yes, the label, yep. you know. And that's the funny thing about Kiss is, is 
you have kiss stories from the 70s you have kiss stories from the 80s yeah yeah i was telling you you know before we started today about how i used to work <coughs> at cumberland farms back when they actually closed at 11 o'clock mm -hmm. and saturday nights you know after closing the store you know, calling around during that 10 to 11 stretch to find out where the party was. <laughs> and, you know, close the store at 11.01, dash to the car, you know, to charge the, the fucking party wherever the hell it was. And I remember Heaven's on Fire was a big kiss hit at that point in time. Mm -hmm. And it always seemed to be on the radio at 11.01 when I was... Weird how that works, Yeah, huh? you know. <laughs> and then the 90s stories, you know, a kiss back and makeup and, mm -hmm. you know, their appearance at the Grammy Awards with Tupac Shakur... You know, introducing them and how right. electrified the audience was when they just came walking out, you mm -hmm. know, and then, you know, kisses back. And I remember thinking how fucking brilliant it was when I saw them at their first show back in makeup, you know, when they came walking out. And the first thing I want to say is the Red Hot Chili Peppers were the band that went on before them. Uh -huh. And this is when Dave Navarro was with the band. And they came out and did an encore of Manic Depression mm -hmm. and scorched the living shit out of the song. And I remember when Kiss came walking on, it was like, wow, nobody's going to remember that the Red Hot Chili Peppers played today. Right. No one, <laughs> you know? And it was so brilliant because, you know, when they came walking out in the makeup, it could have been 1973. Mm -hmm. They looked no different, you know, than they looked back then. Right. And it was like, that's fucking brilliant. That's genius right there. And that's how we choose to remember them. Yeah. So again, kudos to Gene for pulling the plug. That's the right move to make at the right time. Absolutely. And... For you folks, fortunately, we have a third yes, kiss jam yes. to wrap up the segment. This is, um, you know, amongst other things, Kiss was legendary for the anthems. Mm -hmm. You know, the rock and roll all night. You know, it's probably the greatest example of this. Right. But this, in particular, was my favorite anthem. Mm -hmm. um, when I saw him at Dodger Stadium on Halloween night, nineteen ninety eight. This was the second show in the... It was the first, first show on the Psycho Circus Tour. Right. And didn't find out until later, but this was the first time somebody employed 3D technology in a live rock show. Okay. And, you know, we're all there in Dodger Stadium fucking wearing the 3D glasses just like, you know, in the movie theater in the 1950s when they were doing this. Mm -hmm. But they broke this song out, second song of the fucking set, and it was just like, oh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> this is fucking Kiss. Yes. <laughs> and I, of course, am referring to Shout It Out Loud. There you go. So let's do it, shall we? Let's do it. We were totally in agreement with this one to close out this uh, memorial show, if you yeah. will. Ooh, that almost sounds morbid. Indeed. But, uh, yeah, no, paying homage to the magic that is Kiss. Here we go with Shout It Out Loud, and we'll be back in a couple minutes with a wrap-up to this very special.
is Kiss. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> that's just that's just And that's a great way to close it out because yeah. you know, initially, in fairness, Michael had suggested um Rock and Roll, roll All Night. night. Yeah, we were talking Which, about yeah, that. That's the Kiss anthem. But I said to him in my very convincing way, we could do better than that. Yep. Because we're supposed to be aficionados. Indeed. And for my money, and yours apparently too, that tune stacks right up there as I gotta, a Kiss I anthem. Got to agree with you, I don't know, Johnny. Definitely. That was, of course, from their 1976 album Destroyer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, the song actually evolved from uh, a song that the band or that uh, Paul and Gene were doing prior to Kiss, a band called Wicked Lester. Oh. And yeah, they had a, they have a song called We Want to Shout It Out Loud. And then, obviously, you know, many moons later, they were sitting down doing some songwriting and whatnot. Gene brought it up, remember mm-hmm. this song, shortened up the, uh, the refrain, obviously, to just shout it out loud, okay. and boom, you have a legendary Kiss anthem. Just like that. Just like that. <laughs> it was that easy, folks. It's amazing when you think of all the great songs that we all know that happen for a reason, and then the ones that just happen. Yeah. You know, and again... <laughs> You know, but then I think, as a, as a pragmatist, uh, how many great ones have we missed? Because most radio people from back in the day yeah. had their head up their arse. One or two. One or one two. One or two. <laughs> one or two. But, but yeah, once again, you know, Kiss, of course, has paid lip service to retiring in the past mm-hmm. once or twice. They, I think uh, uh, their first farewell tour was all the way back in 2001. Yeah. But uh, regardless... You know, credit where credit is due. Uh, big thanks to Paul Stanley. Big thanks to Gene Simmons, Peter Chris, Ace Freely yep. for just four decades of just remarkable, remarkable stuff. Just and that, good and that's, stuff. That's, you put it the best way you could, my friend. Thank you. Because yeah. it's about thank you for the music that you presented and the piece of um, American pop culture that will never be taken away from you. Indeed. Kudos and thank you. And we move on. Indeed. Bow out, gentlemen. Go yep. out on top. So, yes. what's new in Big Boom Radio this week, Johnny? Oh, my goodness, dipped in shit. There is so oh. much new stuff happening here on all the right. station. All right. Uh, where do we start? What well, we got going on? First of all, yes. I almost want to use my, uh, my DJ voice <laughs> for this one. Here we go. Dig Big Boom Radio with you to the beach. The Big Boom Radio barbecue and everywhere in between via the live 365 and TuneIn apps. Ah. Available three on the Apple Store and Google Play. Nice. Take it with you. Yeah, it's, it's free. Listen through uh, all different times of the day. Big live. Boom Radio at the beach. I like it. Big Boom Radio like everywhere. It. Take it to the shitter. Take it to the beach. Take it to the barbecue. Take it to church. I don't care. Nice. I'm not responsible. <laughs> So, also, a uh, new addition to the Classic Rock Showcase. It happened to happen uh, eventually. Yeah. Uh, Journey Volume 2. Oh, Hot right. off the press. And, well, I always say when I do a Volume 2, I was like, damn it, that was so easy to do. Nice. Should have done it sooner. Nice. And who doesn't love Journey? They have a catalog. They, they have a massive catalog yeah. and a singular sound. So, boop, that was easy. Done. Now, here's the big news, folks. All right. Yeah, let me put on my quiet storm voice. Here we go. My, my, my baby-making voice, if I will. Oh. We have another event coming up, this little ditty that, uh, in common parlance, is known as the 4th of July weekend. Well, we got our own take on that. We're doing our own little fun thing, referencing said barbecues and beach time. It's the first annual Red, White, and Blue Rockabilly Weekend, courtesy of Big Boom Radio. Nice. Where on the Saturday and Sunday of that holiday weekend, 
I'm going to be playing back-to-back-to-back-to-back episodes of our signature show on the station. Of course, the Rockabilly Rumble. Nice. It's so good for you. It's like just taking vitamin C and orange juice and sitting in the sun and getting rejuvenated. The Rumble can get good to you. It can get good to you. It's good for you. It's good American shit, I'm telling you. Even the ones that focus on artists from around the world singing American style rockabilly. <laughs> it's it's a win 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 win. I like it. Okay, looking forward to it. First time we're doing it, and then of course, uh, you know, looking ahead in the game, Labor Day will be our second annual Labor Day Rockathon, where we're playing <clears throat> again back to back to back to back to back to back episodes of the Classic Rock Showcase. Nice, different than last year, of course. Okay, because I got like 150 episodes done. Damn. Let's wow. mix it up. You got two days, you fit 48 in. Who's going to make the cut and who's not going to make the cut? Nice. Well, that remains to be seen. Indeed, indeed. Sounds like good stuff to me. So much going on. And I think very soon on those like selective holidays, I don't know, maybe for, let me get this right, Indigenous Peoples Day that used to be known as Columbus Day. Maybe that day we'll do, I don't know, the top 25 rock vocalist of all time. And Indigenous things, Peoples Day? Is that what they call yeah, it? Yeah, that's oh, what they're wow. calling it. Oh, yeah, well, you know okay, it all, right, all right. But yeah, there'll be a thing. I need to get <laughs> off my chest my top. And well, who's going to vote, you might say? Well, maybe we'll open up to our listeners. All right. right? But otherwise, if you guys don't respond because you're too lazy or involved in your own little lives and shit, Michael and I are going to decide. Oh, God. See, and now you're in for it because you know there's some bitch across the street from me right here. It's going to be like James Addiction number two, whatever the category is. This could be. This could be. (laughs) This is our chance. It's our niche. (laughs) So, yeah, so we got so much coming up. Ah, Good stuff. Good good stuff. Good time to be in broadcasting, folks, and a good time to be listening to music because, like we always say, the world is a complete shit show right now. Indeed. We are your oasis and the backbiting harpy world of your corporate life, yep, or running your own business and being married to it, prices continue to skyrocket. We are the great escape, right? Because you know what else tends to skyrocket in, in hard times? Yes, good times, often oh. influenced by liquor and/or other substances. The nastier life gets, the harder you must party. This is this That's is just a the way it is. This is a fact. Yes. So we'll leave you with that nugget of wisdom. And on that note, that looks like it's it for episode number 116. Oh. Woof. Right? Yeah. All right. Well, then I am Johnny Teflon. And I am Michael Sean Lee. Indeed. And we will see you again on the flip side.